What's going on guys? Sam Adams here and welcome to a brand new episode of Caffeinate today for March the 28th of 2019. My name is Samuel Adams and welcome to today's show. Of course, as always, I hope that this one does find you well and for those that are brand new to the program, this is a daily gaming news podcast that I host live on twitch.tv slash the Samuel Adams five days a week, Monday through Friday at 7 a.m. Eastern time to catch you guys up on the hottest gaming news from around the industry and today we have some very interesting stories to cover GameStop is getting into esports with a brand new performance center in Texas this is something that is part of that GameStop 2.0 plan that I reported on last week so we'll talk more about what that means today is a big day for Borderlands fans because Borderlands 3 has been teased and is getting a full reveal today and of course we will talk about the new trailer and what you can expect coming up at I believe 3 p.m. today could be 2 p.m. I think it's 2 p.m. according to Twitter but of course I'll let you guys know because there's a lot to cover with Borderlands. Microsoft has scrubbed Notch references from Minecraft entirely. Of course, Notch being the original creator of Minecraft. And that is a uh, definitely interesting story to talk about today. And of course, Notch in and of himself is a very interesting man. Electronic Arts has closed, of course, the Japan office as part of the mass of layoffs that we talked about yesterday. Again, letting go of 350 people. Uh, so I wanted to give you guys an update on that. Twitch Squad Stream is live, making multi-streams possible for some, not all, of those that create content on the platform. Uh, but I did want to talk about that because it's a big feature that many people have been asking for for a very long time. And it's cool that it's finally out there in the wild. Of course, I'm shocked that this came out before PlayStation allowed us to change our PSN IDs, but that's beside the point. However, speaking of PlayStation, Sony's Kazurai is finally retiring, and so I wanted to give him a fine send-off for his fantastic career. Uh, but that's the lineup for the stories for today. Again, if you are brand new, I do hope you enjoy the show, and you consider subscribing via YouTube or podcast feed or following over on twitch.tv slash the Samuel Adams to get the show live every day. Or, of course, not live. It depends on how you like to bring in your content. But without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into the news of the day. GameStop gets into esports with Performance Center in Texas. This is coming to us from Engadget. The 11,000 square foot venue will host public gaming clinics and amateur tournaments. GameStop is getting into esports. The company announced today that it's partnering with esports organization Complexity Gaming to open up the GameStop Performance Center in Frisco, Texas. The 11,000 square foot venue will serve as Complexity Gaming's new headquarters and will host public events designed to help amateurs get into esports and help gamers connect with one another. The GameStop Performance Center will share a location with the Dallas Cowboys. Complexity Gaming is owned in part by Cowboys owner Jerry Jones and will host a wealth of gaming equipment for the esports organization. It will also play home to a public gaming area where fans and sponsors can come in, play their favorite competitive titles, and connect over games and esports. GameStop is planning to host gaming clinics that will teach players how to improve their performance in popular games like Fortnite, Overwatch, and Call of Duty. Fans will also be encouraged to partake in amateur tournaments that will be held at the venue over the course of the year. In addition to building a physical gaming arena, GameStop is also getting involved in other efforts to connect with esports aficionados. The company is partnering with the Collegiate Star League to host online and on-campus esports tournaments and is planning to host Overwatch parties in a number of major markets across the United States. Those events will feature exclusive content, merchandise, and other promotions, though they'll have competition in Philadelphia where the $50 million Fusion Arena is being built specifically to host Overwatch League matches. 
The move into esports appears to be the first of GameStop's attempts to pivot away from being just a brick and mortar store for games. Earlier this month, the struggling company announced the hiring of a new CEO, which we talked about on the show, George Sherman, to oversee a shift that envisions GameStop as the creator of cultural experiences specifically for gamers. Uh, this is an incredibly interesting move for GameStop, and I think one that actually could pay off if the cards are played correctly. Uh, of course, right now, GameStop is going through an identity crisis right now. It's kind of like a midlife crisis where all of a sudden your dad goes out and buys a motorcycle like it's just something that happens for no reason whatsoever he doesn't ride motorcycles but GameStop is getting into esports and I think it's better than your dad buying a motorcycle in a way because esports is a growing industry I mean millions and millions of dollars are being poured into this from investors because people are watching across Twitch, Mixer, Facebook, Gaming whatever it might be esports is becoming a huge thing across a variety of genres so to see them opening a performance center is something that I think is a pretty good move. But also, I think that opinion of it being a good move is solidified by the fact that it's also not just for tournaments. It's not just for esports organizations. This is, in a way, uh, kind of like a community gym where you can go and you can not only work out and, you know, play basketball or whatever, but you can also host a birthday party or a bar mitzvah. These are the first things that come to mind when I think about a multi-purpose center. Uh, but for the performance center to be in Texas, for the performance center to exist in the way that it does, I think GameStop has a good chance of making this into a big part of where they're going in the future. The big question is, will it actually take off? Will people be interested in actually going to the performance center, learning more about the games they play, practicing themselves, and also will organizations adopt the idea of going to the GameStop performance center, and in a way, accepting GameStop into the fold of these esports organizations, that are getting involved with that side of the industry. Uh, but of course, if any company is poised to do this well, it is obviously GameStop because they are, as I've said, such a big household name. I mean, whenever in the United States somebody is talking about buying a game, GameStop is one of the first places that comes to mind for many, many people. Uh, of course, this is where I'll plug the uh, mom and, and, and pop shops that are in your local area. Go to them because they're really cool people. And so you might have a good conversation on top of finding a game. Uh, but with that being said, we will see what happens with this GameStop 2.0 shift that the company is going through right now. I think it has a lot of potential. And of course, I've been seeing a lot of people being picked up from the gaming community. And I think that's what's very important. Of course, this CEO, George Sherman, has been appointed and he's been the head of many successful companies that have turned around in the past. So I think he's a good appointee for this position. Uh, but I've also seen people... Uh, such as Meg Cayley, I believe that's how you say her last name. Uh, she is a Twitch streamer who has been adopted by the gaming community in a way that has allowed her to propel herself to be an employee of GameStop that hosts GameStop TV, stuff like that, but is also a big part of the community uh, around the entire gaming industry. And so picking up people like that, that are kind of like industry icons in a way, is something that I think is a really good move and something that I think really connects to the core gaming audience, which is what you're trying to hit as a company that is beginning to kind of waver in an area era where gaming is becoming bigger than it ever has been before. It shouldn't be happening that way. Uh, so with that being said, we will see what happens with this performance center, but a very interesting move for GameStop, especially considering it's the first of many to come to turn GameStop around and make it profitable again, because it has been a rough go of it for the past few months. Of course, the games themselves matter immensely, and Borderlands 3 is one of the most anticipated games of the millennia, perhaps? Maybe that's an overstatement, I don't know. Uh, but we are going to be finding more information today. So with that being said, tomorrow we're going to be talking more about Borderlands 3, about the trailer, etc. 
But we do have a bit of a teaser because the Borderlands 3 official reveal has been teased in this Mask of Mayhem trailer, and Gearbox will reveal more at PAX East, which of course is this weekend. Gearbox has released a teaser trailer for a new Borderlands game today, which is noticeably not calling Borderlands 3, even though we can probably speculate that is what it is. It has since been all but confirmed on Twitter that that is exactly what it is. Uh, but it doesn't give much away, though, does it? There's a lot of familiar faces, however, trapped in the titular mask of Mayhem. Of course, you can watch the trailer for yourself. You see many, many familiar faces, including Claptrap, if that counts as a face. Uh, but interesting trailer one that's very artistic and one that's very beautiful and well done but also that shows off little to no detail of course there are easter eggs and whatnot hidden in it uh, but with that being said what it actually is will be revealed at the gearbox pax east panel live stream tomorrow march the 28th today march the 28th at 11 a.m pacific time or 6 p.m gmt otherwise known as 2 p.m eastern time i believe if i were remember time zones correctly, uh, Gearbox has teased the date earlier this month, so we have been expecting a Borderlands 3 announcement. Uh, but in the meantime, what do you want from Borderlands 3? I want more of Borderlands 2 with a little bit of pizzazz on it. That's exactly what I want from Borderlands 3. Of course, right now is the perfect time. The ultimate penultimate time to release any kind of information about Borderlands 3 because the looter shooter fans and I know that is a controversial term that many people don't like but the looter shooter fans I use it because you know what I'm talking about are dissatisfied in the current state of that subgenre in a way because of course Destiny 2 uh, has made a resurgence but it's still not quite what it was supposed to be when it came out it's a good game it's just not quite where it, it was desired to be and then of course Anthem was anticipated to be the Destiny killer Anthem was supposed to be the game that people dove into and played for months perhaps years and they very well still could but Anthem just didn't scratch that itch in the way that people had expected it to and so with that hole still being unfilled Borderlands 3 has the opportunity to absolutely take the narrative and shift it back in its direction and completely and totally change the game. Of course, Gearbox does incredibly well with Borderlands. There is some fantastic gameplay that you can only find in Borderlands. And uh, just the absolute vastness, if that's a word, the, uh, the size of the world and the depth of the game itself is something that is mind-boggling with Borderlands 2, let alone to see what the new technology and what the new, you know, improvements are going to be in Borderlands 3. That's going to be on a different level. It's going to be crazy. Uh, but I cannot wait to see what happens again. The trailer is going to be released later on today. And of course, if you are at PAX East, enjoy the love of the gaming community, if there is any, because it's a harsh, harsh landscape. A hellscape if you know I'm just kidding uh, but enjoy PAX East and of course I will let you guys know what's going on with Borderlands 3 when we know more information later on today now let's move on to this Microsoft story because Microsoft has scrubbed notch references from Minecraft platform holder distances itself from the controversial creator Microsoft has removed all reference to Minecraft creator Marcus notch person from the game could have pronounced that last name incorrectly but it's Notch. we all know notch Twitter user deck rep lab decrepit lab you gotta sound them out it's kind of like that it's kind of like that sesame street thing i probably just jacked up that reference let's just start over twitter user decrepit lab noticed the quotes made by notch and the work of notch have been scrubbed from the game as part of the last patch as confirmed by pc gamer of course notch told mojang along with all sold my mojang along with all minecraft ownership rights to microsoft in 2014 for 2.5 billion dollars during a q a after the deal a mojang representative said person didn't want 
the responsibility of owning a company of such global significance. In the subsequent years, he has, of course, become both prolific and controversial on Twitter, offering up such gems as, quote, I'd rather be a fascist cunt than have a feminine dick. <clears throat> okay. While many of his more controversial Twitter musings have since been deleted, Notch has developed a reputation online for his bigoted comments. In an environment where companies are so protective of their brands, it's hardly surprising that Microsoft decided to distance itself from person, although the company has yet to formally clarify its reasoning. It is worth noting that he is still credited as the game creator, however, and Microsoft did not respond to a request for comment in time for publication. Uh, so again, I want to back up. Did I mispronounce his name? Maybe. It's Notch. We no notch uh, but to move forward from that uh he's so controversial the man has made a wave in the gaming industry that cannot be denied as being one of the most significant of all time minecraft is massive remains massive even if you don't hear it talked about much it will forever be one of the biggest games ever released it is nuts how big minecraft has become and also how useful the game itself actually is for education and also for a variety of other purposes including entertainment uh, with that being said, a company has to protect its image. That's really what it comes down to. And of course, being Microsoft owned, Minecraft needs to ensure that it's also remaining uh, or maintaining that family friendly kind of approach and that kind of, uh, I guess, perspective that people see with Minecraft. Uh, so whenever you're talking about Notch, he is not family friendly. He is very controversial. Uh, he is one of those people where I follow on Twitter just to see what happens. You know, it's just kind of like you just take a step back. You don't interact much. And it's like, wow, that's whoa nutty uh but of course still the creator still credited as the creator but to kind of take him out of the limelight to take him out of the game as much as legally possible probably would be a pretty good move again you'll have people that are throwing around my freedom of speech my my notch it it is what it is he sold the company so i mean you know Sorry, uh, but of course, I will let you guys know if there are any updates to this story. Without a doubt, an interesting one nonetheless. But you got to be careful what you say on social media. However, I believe Notch has hit that level of being so rich, he just doesn't have to care. I mean, when you sell your company and you sell the game that you made for $2.5 billion, and on top of how much money you actually made from Minecraft to begin with, you don't have to be kind. You should. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying you don't have to be. You have you have not giving a shit money. Uh, so with that being said, let's move on to the next story of the day. Electronic Arts, of course, laid off 350 people or is in the process of laying off 350 people. But the Japan office has been closed as a part of the massive layoffs. And of course, an update from GamesIndustry.biz, Russian division also appears to be shuttering with operations moving to a larger regional office. EA has confirmed it has closed the Japanese office that handled its operations in that market. Famitsu reports that its closure is part of mass layoffs announced yesterday, which will see the 350 people around the world made redundant. In the initial announcement, CEO Andrew Wilson said the publisher will be decreasing its presence in both Japan and Russia, but it seems that means cutting it entirely from the former. There is no word on how many staff this affects or whether EA's Russia office will follow suit, and again, it seems that it is, and everything is being kind of conglomerated together. In a statement, the publisher insisted Japan was still an important market for the company and pledged to continue supporting its games for the region. EA also thanked the affected employees for their contribution to the company and promised to look into other positions within the country or ways in which it can help them find employment elsewhere in the games industry. 
These are important but very hard decisions, and we do not take them lightly, said Wilson in his statement yesterday. We are friends and colleagues at EA, and we appreciate the value everyone's, of everyone's contributions, and we are doing everything we can to ensure we are looking after our people to help them through this period to find their next opportunity. This is our top priority. And so we have the update that the Russian office is also going to be shut down with a more uh, regional office being opened up for the Eastern European region. And so we will see what happens with that, but it looks like multiple employees from Moscow will be brought to the regional office as part of the transition. Uh, so this is more of an update than anything. Of course, the company is going through a bit of a restructuring. And yesterday, as I said, it's the company's job to ensure that its profitability, profitability, I said that correctly the first time, remains high. And so whenever you can maneuver things around, uh, you should probably maneuver them. And even if that means cutting some of the fat, it's one of those situations where sometimes that's what needs to be done. With that being said, it sounds like this is more of a, uh, a maneuvering than necessarily a cutting. Uh, but again, 350 people being laid off. So my thoughts go out to those impacted. Uh, of course, there's never a good way to lose your job, as I say every time we talk about something like this. Uh, but also... There is a huge amount of growth in the gaming industry, and with that growth comes the potential for true unionization. And that's something that definitely should happen. I think that every uh, industry should be able to unionize, and the workers there should be retreated or treated with respect. And, and that's pretty much what it comes down to. Uh, so, we'll see what happens with all of that, but right now it looks like the Japan office is officially shutting down from Electronic Arts. Now let's talk about Twitch Squad Stream because this is a big feature that people have been asking for for a very, very long time. And it is live right now for some people. Squad Stream is Twitch's latest feature and it's available now. Squad Stream, one of a few features announced at TwitchCon last year, is becoming a reality. Today, Twitch announced the service allowing is up, or excuse me, Twitch announced that the service allowing for up to four streamers to live stream the same game together has launched. Viewers get a feed of all four perspectives in a single window, showing the in-game action as well as streamer reactions without having to open four Twitch windows or tabs. You will also be able to switch between four streams at will. Squad stream can be set up from the streamer dashboard, but the service will be available to Twitch partners to start. The feature is optional, and even if a streamer is part of a squad stream, their viewers can simply choose to watch their perspective alone like they could today. For viewers looking specifically for squad streams, Twitch has created a dedicated tag that only lists those streams. And to celebrate the launch, plenty of top streamers will be hosting squad streams starting today. And of course, you can check out the schedule at the link, which of course Twitch has thrown together and conglomerated as such. Uh, but it will probably come in handy when watching any type of co-op game and likely even more useful for tabletop game streamers or live podcast recordings. Uh, absolutely, I think this is a fantastic feature. Uh, now for those that don't know, this is something that has been around in an external kind of way for a while. Uh, RareDrop.co has a feature where essentially you can bring together people not only on Twitch, but also from various platforms that are playing together and watch them all on one screen. Now, the only problem that I have with Squad Stream as it stands right now is the fact that there is no way to merge the chat boxes together, and I think that would be incredibly beneficial uh, for those that did want to do that. But of course, there are complications because then the conversations being had in the solo chat is going to be different than the multi-chat, and so it's a big, a big kind of mess that will have to be worked through. But that would make this feature absolutely incredible. Uh, but for those that do play co-op games, for those that are squatting up, you know, with four-man squads and stuff like Fortnite or three-man squads and Apex or Battlefield 5, whatever you might be playing, whatever BR might might suit your taste at the moment. Uh, it's cool to see this is actually something that is happening and something that's possible and something that I think is definitely going to be a big thing going forward. And of course, this is kind of late to the party. Mixer's been doing this for a while. Again, like I said, external companies as well. Uh, but 
If you did want to dive in and check out some of the partners playing this weekend, I'm sure that squad streaming is, is going to be a big part of uh, everybody's schedules going forward because, hey, to be able to merge your communities together is incredible because that means cross-growth for Twitch partners and those that are streaming if you want to see it from a creator's perspective. Uh, but with that being said, cool to see the feature finally coming out. And now, as I said at the beginning of the show, PlayStation, let's let us change our names. I mean, Twitch is rolling this stuff out. Surely I can change from the god-awful, all-capitalized, awesome, lowercase gamer875 that I've been rocking since I was 12. That would be beautiful, because I like my trophies. Uh, but, speaking of PlayStation, Sony's Kaz Harai is retiring. Kazuo Kaz Harai has announced his retirement from the Sony Corporation. Harai stepped down as Sony CEO in April of last year to assume the role of company chairman, and the veteran executive has now confirmed he will be retiring effective June the 18th. Harai will continue to offer counsel to the company's management team should they request it as a senior advisor. Kenichiro Yoshida, who replaced Harai as Sony CEO last year, will continue to serve in that role. Since passing the baton of CEO to Yoshida-san last April as chairman of Sony, I have had the opportunity to both ensure a smooth transition and provide support to Sony's management, Harai said in a statement. I am confident that everyone at Sony is fully aligned under Yoshida-san's strong leadership and are ready to build an even brighter future for Sony. As such, I have decided to depart from Sony, which has been a part of my life now for the past 35 years. I would like to extend my warmest gratitude for all of our employees and stakeholders who have supported me throughout this journey. Of course, Kaz Arai served as Sony CEO for six years since replacing Howard Stringer in 2012. Before that, he was the head of the company's gaming and PlayStation division for six years, taking over for Ken Kutaragi. Uh, so, this is a big deal because this guy pretty much ushered uh, Sony and PlayStation from a very rough place. I believe it was 2011 I was reading online that Sony was not doing well at all. In fact, it was in the hole by, I believe it might have even been billions of dollars. Uh, but... By changing the focus of Sony away from stuff like phones and televisions and more towards gaming and cameras, you were able to see a shift entirely from incredible debt, essentially, or, or non-profitability to something that is making billions and billions of dollars every year. And PlayStation is, of course, the biggest branch of Sony as it stands right now. And their cameras... They're not too bad either. And that was all pretty much spearheaded by Harai. So he is pretty much, uh, in a way, spearheaded the the saving of Sony in a way. Uh, in a way that has propelled them to the top of the tech and gaming industry. Uh, so for that, we are thankful. And of course, Harai has been an incredible inspiration for a ton of people. And one that should definitely be looked at as somebody who should be an inspiration for the generations to come. Now, with that being said, uh, I like to imagine that somewhere in roughly late June, early July of 2019, uh, you will be seeing Reggie Fisame and Kaz Harai sitting on a beach in Hawaii, drinking margaritas, reminiscing about E3. That sounds beautiful. Uh, but congratulations to Mr. Kaz Harai. What a fantastic individual, and congratulations on an incredible career and a happy retirement to you. Uh, but with that being said, that wraps up today's show. Of course, if you did enjoy this podcast episode, be sure to drop me a like down below on the YouTube video. If you are watching the podcast as well or listening to the podcast, be sure to subscribe via your feed and get it to get it to do the thing that gets it to you every day. Email, I am hook it up to your beeper that's sitting on your belt book. Whatever you might need to do, get it delivered to you. And of course, you can always follow on Twitch at twitch.tv slash the Samuel Adams. Uh, but for now, I am going to go wait for this Borderlands announcement because, hey, that's going to be pretty awesome. And I will talk to you guys tomorrow. But until then, have a fantastic one and peace.